How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Good morning, race fans. 1103 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. And welcome to another edition of WGR's Fast Track. I'm Dave Buchanan. Thanks for listening. As always, another great show lined up for you on this hot and steamy Sunday morning here in western New York. You know it's you know it's hot out in the morning when the, the air conditioning kicks on in your house at like 9 a.m. Usually that thing doesn't get running till about you know noon or 1 o'clock if it's warm enough, but uh, mine turned out about 9 a.m. this morning before I left the house, so you knew, you knew it was going to be a warm day <laughs> as uh, temps expected to rise into the lower 90s here in western New York. Great day to... Stay inside in the air conditioning and watch some racing. Or if you're out and about cruising on, a, on your boat or in, in the convertible, you can flip on the race here on WGR, of course. As coming up this afternoon at 2 o'clock, we'll have live flag-to-fly coverage of today's Toyota Save Mart 350 from the Sonoma Raceway, courtesy of our friends at the Performance Racing Network. As uh, uh, Doug Rice, Mark Garrell will uh, have the call, along with the rest of the PRN crew as the first road course race of the season here on uh, for the NASCAR Spring Cup Series. We'll talk more about that here coming up in this opening segment. We'll also talk more about it at the bottom of the hour, too, with one of our guests this morning, Matt Weaver from uh, Auto Week and Racer Magazine. He will join us at about 11.35 to talk some NASCAR and uh, anything else uh, motorsports-related. We'll talk to Matt at 11.35. Coming up in about 10 minutes or so, a uh, week away from the big race at Watkins Glen International, the Salem six hours at the Glen for the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. And we will welcome back Christian Fittipaldi to the program. We talked to Christian, I think, a couple of years ago here on the show, and he's going to join us once again at the, at about quarter after. Christian, of course, his uncle is uh, Emerson Fittipaldi, former Formula One racer, former Indianapolis 500 winner. Christian is a two-time and defending uh, prototype champion along with his teammate Joao Barbosa in the uh, Isma WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, and he's currently tied for the series points lead with the Taylor brothers. So we'll talk to Christian, uh, get his thoughts going into next weekend's six-hour race at Watkins Glen International. Open phones right now, though, at 803-0551-888-550-2550. Anything going on in the world of motorsports. Another, another busy weekend of racing, which, you know, par for the course. It's the middle of it's the first weekend of summer. You've got NASCAR in Sonoma. You've got uh, Watkins Glen coming up next weekend for the sports cars. You've got NHRA uh, not far from us here in Western New York. They're in Norwalk, Ohio this weekend. Actually got the... Uh, I don't know if it's qualifying or eliminations, but uh, it's already live on Fox Sports 1 here this morning. Got that on here in the studio. You've got IndyCar at Road America, and, uh, of course, tons of local racing going on well, as well, too. This is a great time of the year for local racing. Lots of racing going on, so I'm sure you've got something you want to talk about. Feel free to share here this morning at 803-0551-888-552-550. Taking a look at the Starting lineup for today's NASCAR Spring Cup Series race at the Sonoma Raceway. And Carl Edwards on the pole. Wicked fast lap in qualifying as uh, he'll lead the field to green today in his Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. Alongside A.J. Allmendinger, who is one of those guys that has this race circled on his calendar as a chance to bump his way into the to the uh, chase, of course, needing that 
important win to just lock himself in and then just hope he can stay in the top 30 in points. And obviously, Almendinger, of course, he made the chase a couple of years ago with his win at Watkins Glen. And uh, this is the same deal. The, obviously, Almendinger's got some road course experience with his open wheel uh, IndyCar background, but has been in the Cup Series, of course, for the last you know uh, seven, eight years. But Almendinger not as strong at Sonoma historically compared to his results at Watkins Glen. He's done better there than at Sonoma, but an impressive uh, front row qualifying position for Almendinger. So he'll be one of the guys we'll be watching today. Row two, Martin Truex Jr. and Kurt Busch. And don't discount Kurt Busch. He's a very talented road racer. He actually was at, uh, I think it was Abu Dhabi, uh, during the off-week, uh, testing a uh, su- uh, supercar, a V8 supercar, I believe it was, uh, in Abu Dhabi. So, And he also went to the F1 race, uh, hanging out with his uh, one of his cup car owners, Gene Haas, who, of course, owns an F1 team at Azerbe- Azerbaijan last weekend. So Kurt Busch, uh, very in a road course mood, it sounds like, going into this weekend. Row 3, Kyle Larson, nice qualifying effort for a kid known for racing on dirt more than on road courses. But he'll start fifth today alongside Denny Hamlin. Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, of course, won this race last year to kickstart his run to the championship. He'll start eighth today. Paul Menard, a solid qualifying effort in ninth. And Tony Stewart, uh, a top ten qualifying effort. Tony has won plenty of races on road courses in his NASCAR career, including at Watkins Glen. So this could be a big day for Smoke. Danica Patrick having her best qualifying performance since last year's uh, chase race at Texas. She starts 11th today alongside Brad Kozlowski. Dale Jr. rolls off 13th alongside Casey Mears, Jimmy Johnson, and Chase Elliott. In row eight, Jimmy Johnson's uh, lone NASCAR road course win coming at this racetrack. And Chase Elliott, who is, you know, traditionally rookies don't do well in this Sonoma race. He will start uh, 16th today, but showed some flashes during practice that he was getting the hang of it. And actually, he uh, also got some extra track time this weekend because Chase ran with the KNN West Series, which ran their race yesterday. And Chase uh, qualified on the pole for that race and won the race, actually in the K&N West Series. So he got some extra track time this weekend. He'll roll off 16th. Other notable names in the field, Casey Kane rolling off 19th today, Matt Kenseth in 23rd, Kevin Harvick in 25th, alongside Ryan Blaney in uh, the 26th starting position. Some of the other notable names in the field. And as I mentioned, talking about guys like Almendinger and Stewart and Chase Elliott and Dale Jr., and like we talked about last week too, this is one of those races where you're going to see someone try and um, – Get that first win, that that win they need to lock into the chase. That's where you're gonna you're gonna. I I think that's gonna happen today. I think you're gonna get a new winner for this season uh, today at Sonoma because uh, even though I, some of the other guys that have won this year are also gonna be in contention, I I think I think we're gonna have a good look at, at seeing a, a new winner in victory lane for the 2016 season, and it it's gonna come out of one of those names I previously mentioned. Again, Almendinger's road course experience. I think. Even though Dale Jr. qualified 13th, he was fastest in one of the practices this weekend. Uh, I think that the 88 might be a team that tries to gamble with a little bit of pit road strategy. He and Greg Ives, if if they have an opportunity, they might take a gamble here and try and go all out for a win this afternoon. So I wouldn't be surprised if the 88 wound up in victory lane today. I think you could see a surprise out of Chase Elliott, although only three rookies have ever finished in the top 10 at Sonoma. in the history of that track being on the Spring Cup schedule, the last to do it was Juan Pablo Montoya when he won in his rookie year back in 07. The only other two were Ryan Newman and the late Kenny Irwin. Uh, I, I think Chase will buck the trend today, and I, I think Chase Elliott will also have a, a pretty good day, and I think that extra track time 
uh, in the K&N series, even though they run a little bit different tire. They run a bias ply tire in the West series. I think uh, he'll have a good day today as, as well, too, if he can stay out of trouble early on. I think he'll be in contention. So I think one of these guys is going to – is going to get that first one of the season. Also, again, Tony Stewart has run well on road courses. He's also had some familiar uh, crashes at this racetrack in Sonoma, that notable one when Brian Vickers took him out and put him up in the tire barrier. But uh, Tony Stewart could have a, a day, too, where he could get his uh, first win of the season and help his chances at making the chase as he rolls off from the 10th position. So I think today is going to be one of those days where somebody doesn't won yet this year. Uh, is going to go to victory lane. That's what I'm going to put my money on, although you can't discount, like I said, a guy like Kurt Busch or Carl Edwards off the pole, uh, or, of course, Kyle Busch, who won this race last year, but I think it's going to come from someone who's yet to win in 2016. 803-0551, 888-552-550. The other thing NASCAR-related I was going to talk about here briefly what happened last night in the truck race at Gateway. Uh, the, the truck race ran late. They had weather delays at the Gateway Motorsports Park, which is near St. Louis, uh, so the race was running late, but I, I was out, and I, I got home, and I caught the end of it on Fox Sports 1. And late in the race, Spencer Gallagher and John West Townley got together. Um, you know, John West Townley, of course, no surprise, him crashing, I know, right. But uh, he has he has started, he had started to get away from that that um, um, reputation of being, you know, John Reck Townley or whatever you refer to him, or just JWT. Usually, you know, he was... Uh, our answer before there was a caution clock, there was John West Townley, but he had gotten away from that. He's starting to be competitive. He's won a race, but uh, last night at at Gateway, he re reverted to his familiar form, uh, getting involved in a couple incidents with Spencer Gallagher, uh, and I think John West had enough. And after he and Gallagher got, got together earlier in the race, John West just flat out wrecked him late in the race, and then those two started to scuffle after they got out of their trucks on the racetrack. In a uh, interesting display of of aggression by both men, uh, it was a, a it resembled a hockey fight basically, and, and not one of those good hockey fights either. One of one of those uh, you know just scuffs uh, scuffles that really don't go anywhere, where they just kind of hug each other for like five minutes and, and try and throw punches, and then somebody takes the other guy down. That was about the the extent of it, but. And it's getting all sorts of attention, of course, on social media. But it leads me to the uh, to, to the conclusion. Well, not not that I just came up with this, but I kind of always thought it in recent years that um, it's just really dumb. Basically, I I used to love drama and fights connected to auto racing and NASCAR, but I I don't know if I've Grown up, I don't know if mature is is the right word, but uh, but my my stance has changed. It, and I'd love to hear your thoughts on this too at eight zero three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. Do you need stuff like that in motorsports? Does that make you want to watch more when guys either get into fights or shoving matches after the races or just heated confrontations? Do you need that in your racing? Um, to help you enjoy it, are you more likely to watch, or if that happens on a more regular basis? Because um, I, I don't need it anymore. I used to like it; I thought it was fun. Um, but I think now it just gets so, just like everything else in the world, it gets so blown out of proportion. You know, because that not only does it happen, but then you spend all week analyzing it and breaking it down and, and talking about it on, on social media and in the media in general, and it just becomes. It gets the it just 
you get sick of it and it just wears you out. And I think that's what 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 it's done for me is I've just got so worn out about having to hear about it after the fact or talking about it after the fact that I don't want to do that anymore. Of course, I am doing that right now. I know that makes me a hypocrite, right? Um, but I I don't think uh. You know, you can't control drivers' emotions. I understand that. You can't stop them from not fighting, but I don't need to have a fight to uh, or drama like that to, to make to get me to watch. That is not something that will get me to watch it. it it'll happen. The, these guys put everything on the line, and they're you know they're intense competitors, and they get out of those cars and trucks, and they're they're fired up and they're emotional. And I understand it's gonna happen, but I guess my stance is I don't need it to happen to uh to have it have something be, to have an event be a good race or an exciting race or, or something that's going to make me come back and watch next week i need good on-track competition to uh to get me to come back week after week and not um not fighting and, and arguments and stuff but it obviously moves the meter especially on social media and especially with the the more general sports audience w- when things like this happen and i think it's uh doesn't need to happen i know last week um you look at it from a short track aspect, and I want to see it even less in a short track aspect. I, I know a lot of promoters, um, whether they'll admit to it or not, is the the old slogan is um, if you fight in the pits, you get a five hundred dollar fine, but if you fight on the front stretch, you get a hundred bucks, a hundred dollar bonus because they they think that's what fans want to see in, in, at a short track. And as someone that works in the industry, that's that's the last thing that really. I want to want to happen. I know last weekend uh, down in North Carolina at the Bowman Gray Stadium, they actually had a driver arrested um, for an altercation uh, that happened in the pits after the races at Bowman Gray, where a driver who was in his car was being or attempting to be in, uh, assaulted after a race, and he decided to start driving away with people hanging on his car, and he was arrested for it. So uh, I just think that encouraging more drama like that will lead to more incidents like that uh 803-0551-888-552-550 and let's go to the AT&T hotline and bring in the two-time and defending co-champion in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship and tied for the current series points lead and prototype Christian Fittipaldi is on the line Christian it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo good morning it's great to talk to you again good morning how are you doing very well and uh enjoying I'm sure you're enjoying a nice weekend off but you got a, a big race coming up next weekend at Watkins Glen yeah, absolutely. We have a huge race uh, next weekend. Uh, the six hours is uh, like uh, one of those uh, great events uh, of the year. And going back to the Glen with a new pavement, uh, I can guarantee you that the race is going to be very fast. Did you participate in any of the test sessions yet? Have you had a chance to get on-track experience with the new pavement there? Yes, we did. Um, we we, we uh, tested everything that we wanted to go through. And uh, I have to say that just because of the new pavement, uh, the cars are probably rolling between two and a half to three seconds per lap quicker. Like there's a lot of grip. It's unbelievably Mm -hmm. smooth. And uh, the people at the track did an unbelievable job. Like uh, congratulations uh, to them. And we're really excited to to, uh, go and race there uh, next weekend. Is there one part of the racetrack, like the S's or the bus stop, is there one part of the track where you really notice the the increased grip, or is it just all the way around? Or, or is there one section where you really feel it in the cockpit? Ah, Dave, it's pretty much uh, like in general. You, you feel it all over the place, but uh, 
after the bus stop, when you go into uh, the carousel mm. for that long right-hander, like it, there's a lot of grip there, and uh, you're really feeling the the uh, G's over there. Yeah. But um, in general, you can feel it all over the place, and um, I have to admit that it's unbelievably smooth. Like it's there isn't one single bump on the track, and uh, re-emphasizing what I said before. Um, like hats off to all the job that they did. And uh, that's why Watkins Glen is one of the best uh, tracks uh, in this country. Christian Fittipaldi joining us here in WGR's Fast Track, driver, co-driver of the Action Express Corvette in the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Christian, as I said, to introduce you, uh, tied for the points lead with uh, you and Joao Barbosa, your teammate, are tied with the Taylor brothers after five races. Just give us a, a quick recap of how your season's been going. I know you got a couple of runner-up finishes to the, to the Taylor brothers this year. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we still missed out on uh, like winning a race this year so far, but we're tied for the lead right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a very good season so far. We're right in the middle. There's still five more races to go, and uh, hopefully we can uh, win a couple of races and uh, fight for the championship right at the very end of the year. Tell, talk to us about the competition right now with the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. I think this, you know, this is the second or third season since we had, you know, the the unification of the old Rolex series and the old American Le Mans series. You guys got together with a combined effort. How has that that been now for a couple of seasons racing with the the Daytona prototypes plus the prototypes coming in from the Le Mans series? I think it's been really good. Like uh, IMSA is doing an awesome job. And uh, it's definitely expanding the sport. Um, I'm, I'm uh, really happy to be uh, part of the family. And we're very excited to be ending up this year and rolling into uh, next season where, where uh, we have the changes of cars. And, and uh, it's going to be, like, really, really cool. And, and uh, I've, I think that IMSA definitely has a, a bright future ahead of us. But... Um, 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 like, as I said before, it's, 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 uh, really competitive and, um, especially like on the long distance races, when you go back to Daytona 24 hours, mm-hmm. you bring, uh, the Glen, which is a six hour race and, uh, road Atlanta at the very end of the year, which is a 10 hour race. You have cars coming from, uh, Europe also, uh, to race together with us. So it's it, like, if you want to go sports car racing, uh, in this country, you definitely go IMSA. That's good to hear. Glad to see uh, things are, are working out with the unification of the two series. Uh, of course, this is a, a six-hour race coming up this weekend. Uh, it looks like the forecast, you know, temperatures are going to be right around 80 degrees, so it'll probably be a warm weekend. Do you spend this week leading up to the race doing any special kind of preparations with your body just to get yourself uh, trained for uh, being in the cockpit? You Obviously, you won't drive the six hours. You, know, you and Joao will, will, will trade off, so you won't be there for six hours, but you're going to still have some long stints and plus qualifying and everything this weekend. But do you do any special training the week of a race for an event like this? Not necessarily. Uh, just do what I usually do. Um, but it isn't anything different. Um, the, the only thing that you pay a little bit more attention, you you load up yourself with uh, a lot of liquid mm-hmm. uh, during the week, not not only on Sunday morning before the race starts, but uh, uh, like you start drinking a little bit more like from Tuesday, Wednesday onwards. And uh, I think that's definitely the most important or, or 
uh, it's where your body feel uh, where your body feels it the most, uh, especially if it's a warm day. If, if if it's a warm day, then it's really hard in the office. How does it work? How many stints will you usually get for a six-hour race uh, behind the wheel? Probably on a six-hour race, if everything goes uh, like according to plan, um, you drive an hour and a half. Uh, your co-driver drives the next hour and a half. Then you, you get in the car again for another hour and a half, and he finishes off uh, the last stint, which is uh, another hour and a half, which... I have to admit, at the Glen, with with uh, the speeds that we're going and with all the Gs that we're pulling, an hour and a half uh, in the office is is, is going to be pretty tough. Yeah, I, that's one thing. I know we talked to uh, Tom Long for Mazda last weekend, and he pointed that out too, that the G-forces really do put some wear and tear on your body. Uh, which, well, I don't know if you guys have worked it out yet, but which do you prefer to, to get that first stint behind the wheel, or would you prefer being the guy that has to drive that last stretch to the checkered flag at the end of the race? It's it's like a team effort. Um, we're, we're we're pretty much open to anything, but usually I start the race and uh, my, uh, for example, co-driver finishes the race. But uh, if 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 the yellow flags fall like uh, in in a time of the race where we were really not expecting. And if we need to change that, we're absolutely wide open. And uh, we, we we always do whatever we, necessary or whatever we have to do to make uh, the Mustang sampling number five car finish up there, uh, especially if we can make it win. Like, uh, it's, an awesome, uh, it's an awesome race for us. Are you guys going to have a third team driver with you next week? I, I was looking back at some of the results. I know you've had like you know Max Pappas drive with you guys. Do you have a, a third driver lined up? No, we're gonna we're gonna do the races. Uh, we're gonna do the race in two, and uh, we're definitely gonna have a third driver at the last race of the year, which is a ten-hour event. Very good. La- last question for you, Christian. Just uh, how how is your uh, uncle Emerson doing? Of course, Emerson Fittipaldi, former Formula One racer, former Indy Five Hundred winner. How's he been doing these days? No, he's doing great. Actually, right now, I think he's in England uh, running the Goodwood uh, Festival. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is which is uh, pretty important down there. Yeah. So, no, no, no. He's doing uh, awesome, and everything is fine with him. Very good. Well, best of luck this weekend at Watkins Glen and the rest of the, the, rest of the uh, is IMSA uh, WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. Thank you for the time this morning, Christian. Hopefully, we can talk again soon. Okay. Thank you very much. All right. Christian Fittipaldi, again, one of the drivers for the Action Express team on the IMSA uh, WeatherTech Sports Car Championship. He mentioned uh, his Uncle Emerson at Goodwood. That is a big uh, racing festival, a lot of vintage race cars, and actually a lot of NASCAR people go to that. Uh, Richard Childress is there this weekend. I think he's driving one of Austin Dillon's stock cars. I know Mike Skinner goes to that every year. Um, Michael Waltrip's been to that. They, they, uh, the, the RCR folks, I think they've taken a couple of Dale Sr.'s old cars there and run it. It's uh, it's a pretty big deal over there in Europe where it's a, a lot of vintage race cars they run on the course up there. And I, I saw some tweets over the weekend, and, and one of the folks with RCR that's out there this weekend is Richard Childress himself. And he, he donned the fire suit and got back behind the wheel. And uh, I wonder how long it's been since uh, Richard drove a race car, of course. For those of you not aware, back in the day, Richard Childress Racing, he was a driver owner when he got started in uh, in, in what was then the, the Grand National Series of NASCAR. Uh, he was his own driver before eventually uh, giving way and uh, hiring uh, Dale Earnhardt and, and Ricky Rudd through his, his when he became strictly just an owner. And then, of course, uh, you know Dale drove for him for a year, and then Ricky Rudd drove for him, and then eventually Dale came back. Um, 
with uh, with the three car. But yeah, that's uh, Richard Childress got his start as a, a driver owner in NASCAR racing and doing a little racing this weekend over in England. With that, uh, we'll uh, step aside here. First break of the hour. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, talk to uh, Matt Weaver from uh, Auto Week and Racer Mag. Talk a little more NASCAR racing in general. And time for your phone calls, too. 803-0550. We'll be back with more Fast Track here on WGR. 11.32 here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Dave Buchanan and WGR's Fast Track. As I said, uh, to open the show, busy weekend of racing, uh, especially uh, a lot in, in this neck of the woods including uh, the NHRA Mellow Yellow Drag Racing Series. They're not far from here. They're in Norwalk, Ohio, uh, for this weekend's Summit Racing Equipment uh, Nationals. And uh, Kalita Motorsports had a pretty good time in qualifying as both Doug Kalita in Top Fuel and Del Worsham in Funny Car took the number one qualifying spots for the uh, Kalita Motorsports team. Uh, Greg Anderson, your number one qualifier in Pro Stock, and Eddie Krawick uh, picking up uh, the number one spot in Pro Stock Motorcycle. Actually, eliminations going on right now. Uh, on Fox Sports 1, have it on here in the studio. Uh, coming up in about an hour, the IndyCar Series will be racing at Road America in uh, Elkhart Lake, Wisconsin, easy for me to say. They had a deluge in the area this morning, but the rain has moved out of the area reportedly, and they should be good to go. Uh, in qualifying, it's uh, Penske uh, driver Will Power took the top spot in qualifying, that it was the Ganassi cars of Scott Dixon and Tony Kanaan, and then rounding out the top five were the Penske cars of Simon Pagano and Elio Castroneves. Uh, Graham Rahal qualifying six, Max Chilton, Ryan Hunter Ray, Connor Daly, and Carlos Munoz rounded out the top ten starters for today's race. Indy 500 winner uh, Alexander Rossi qualifying 16th. A uh, handful of those IndyCar drivers they started their week at Watkins Glen International. There was an IndyCar test uh, back on Monday for some of the guys like uh, Alexander Rossi and James Hinchcliffe, Scott Dixon, uh, Castro Neves was also there too. Uh, they were getting some track time at Watkins Glen on Monday, and now they're at Road America for today's race. Speaking of IndyCar and drivers doing the uh, Indy 500 Coke 600 double, apparently you might be able to add Brad Keselowski's name to that list. I know that maybe a not a name you expected to add to that list, but about a week or so ago, Brad Keselowski actually uh, tested one of Penske's IndyCars at Road America. They were doing a test session, uh, Simon Pagino was, and apparently Brad showed up, and they, they put him behind the wheel, and he did about 40 laps, and not that he blistered the track record or anything, but he was he was in the ballpark, and apparently that, you know, Brad is thinking about maybe uh, warming to the idea of doing the double. Um, he, according to Tim Sindrick from uh, Penske Racing, uh, his quote says that there's a 20% chance that uh, Brad could attempt to race the uh, Indy 500 at some point, and he said never say never, but uh, Brad apparently is warming up to the idea, of course, uh, Kurt Busch did the double driving. Um, it was one of the most recent NASCAR drivers to do the uh, Indy 500 Coke 600 double along with uh, Tony Stewart, who's done it in the past as well. But uh, I guess one of the names in left field that you wouldn't expect it to, that would be, you know, Brad's not really from an, in, an IndyCar background, grew up racing late models and in the truck series and everything. But uh, I guess when you work for Penske Racing, it makes it pretty easy to, to to open up to an idea like that when you've got a boss that happens to own teams in both series. So we'll see if that pans out at all in the future, if Brad Keselowski will be the next driver to do that. Let's go to the AT&T hotline now and bring in from Auto Week and Racer Magazine, Matt Weaver joins us on the line. Matt, it's Dave Buchanan here in Buffalo. Good morning. Great to talk to you. Hey, likewise, Dave. Good morning. Uh, first thing I would say real quickly, uh, I think 20% is probably tapering it a little low, <laughs> Mr. Sendrick. Uh, 
I've been able to talk to Brad Kozlowski when he went down to the Indy 500 a couple of years ago uh-huh. just to check it out for Team Penske, and he was completely in awe. And the expression that I saw on Brad's face that day did not look like 20%. But <laughs> boss man speak for the situation himself. But, uh, yeah, like you said, when, when you drive for Team Penske, it, it makes you want to be a part of that as a driver. And I think you know, there's probably a pretty decent chance you know, over the next couple of years that he's going to try to explore ways to make that happen. Well, Brad can get into an IndyCar state of mind today, of course, because he will be making right and left-hand turns at Sonoma, rolling off 12th today. Uh, Matt, what kind of race do you expect today at Sonoma? My my gut right now is telling me we're going to have a driver get their first one of the season today. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's probably a a good possibility, too. I I think we're going to expect something similar to pandemonium. Uh, You've heard a lot more drivers and, and pundits make this analogy, but I've always said it. Uh, If Watkins Glen is the speedway of road courses for stock cars, Sonoma is very much the Martinsville, and and it's it's very much the same mentality. You drive in the corner as deep as you need to to make a pass. You're going to have to use the bumper, especially uh, on that hairpin at the end of the track. Uh, And sometimes you're going to see drivers lose their minds. Uh, Tempers are going to get short. You're going to have a, a different mix of drivers up front than you typically do. Uh, there's a few guys who have turned themselves into road course drivers, like Adele Earnhardt Jr., that you don't even think of as a road course driver. Uh, ditto Carl Edwards, who's very much underrated on the pole, former winner here at Sonoma. So, uh, yeah, I think the thing you can expect is very much the unexpected from the typical uh, norm at a NASCAR Sprint Cup event. One of those uh, another names when you were talking about drivers that maybe don't get the respect they do as a road course racer is Clint Boyer because I totally forgot he won there four years ago until we were reminded this weekend and he actually leads all active drivers with top tens at Sonoma. I think he's got about a half a dozen of them but I mean of all people that could use a win I, I you know Clint's been you know stuck in the uh, in the uh, the H. Scott Motorsport ride all year and he's not been shy to talk about how it's been a struggle for him but if there's a guy that could use a win it would be Clint Boyer. Yeah, you know, the cool thing about Sonoma, and and we can say the same thing with short tracks as well, uh, it takes a little bit of the engineering out. You know, we're we're relying heavily on drivers um, hitting their their braking points, and you're slinging the car around. And, you know, if if we're typically within, you know, 80-20 engineering versus driver, Mm -hmm. um, I would say that this track is something that equalizes it closer to uh, 60-40 engineering to driver. And... I think it allows a, a guy like Clint Boyer, who you know is clearly a talented guy, who hasn't been allowed to show it this year. He's he's being allowed to take over Tony Stewart's 14 for a reason. I think this is a, a race that he can show that a little bit more. Um, so yeah, certainly he's an underrated road course racer. Another name, and we saw this in the Xfinity series for several years, is Danica Patrick. We can say what Danica is, but she's a, an 11th place starter in today's race. She's always been comfortable at doing road courses. You know, if she finds herself on the right strategy, if she finds herself um, on the right uh, fuel load at the end of a race, you never know. So, yeah, when you predict a possible first-time winner, you know, we haven't even talked about A.J. Allmendinger yet, and yeah. he's going to start P2 outside of Carl Edwards. So, you know, I, I think there's a great potential to see someone kind of steal that chase berth like we talk about when we go to races like Sonoma, Watkins Glen, Daytona, Talladega. It's very much in that same spirit uh, as a wild card race. Matt Weaver joining us from Auto Week and Racer Mag here on WGR Fast Track. Matt, are you of the the mindset that a road course should be added to the chase or no? Because that obviously topic comes up whenever we 
we come to a road course race on the NASCAR schedule, do you think there should be one in the chase? Man, I'm on the the proverbial train of anything that means less mile and a half intermediate track. If that's the <laughs> exactly. course, if that's a short track, if that's the rainbow circuit from Mario Kart 4, I'm on board. Um, but I, I love road courses. Like I said, I feel like they're the new short track. In many ways, I understand how the sport has kind of changed or evolved away from places like a, a South Boston or um, – or a hickory that just doesn't have the facilities, doesn't have the hospitality suites. But road courses have that, and they have tons of space. Mm-hmm. It creates much of the same action as a short track, and I'm a short track guy. And I think in many ways road courses can become the new short track. So I'm totally on board with any ways that we can figure out uh, an idea to get these tracks on the schedule. Unfortunately, we have the five-year plan now. Most of these tracks are locked in. I don't see a lot of movement on the Sprint Cup schedule, but I'm hopeful, and then the drivers keep asking for it, and we have these councils now that are meeting almost every other week to talk about ways to um, continue improving the sport and things we can do just to shake things up a little bit, and I think a, a road course in the chase or elsewhere would be an awesome idea. I don't think we need to have five of them. Right. Having one more at a place like Elkhart Lake, that would be cool. Uh, the races at uh, Sir Gilles Villeneuve in, in Montreal, those races were incredible for the Xfinity Series, and I just wish that we could have got that cup race they wanted so badly. Matt, uh, uh, we also spent some time this morning, of course, talking about the uh, finger quotes fight between Spencer Gallagher and John West Townley last night in the truck race, and uh, their uh, rivalry, so to speak, you, you are very familiar with that because this was not an isolated incident between those two drivers. Yeah, they, they're going to do this for the rest of history. Um, these two guys, this goes back to a ARCA race, the ARCA Salem Night Race in 2013. Uh, they were racing for the win in the closing laps, and uh, Spencer and, and John West got into each other, and it sent both of them around, and John West was going to win that race. That's, that's my opinion. He was going to win at Salem, and... Uh, he believes that Spencer cost him his first ARCA win as well. And this kind of carried over to the next year in the truck series at Iowa. Uh, both of them were several laps down and not even on the same lap and racing each other. And mm-hmm. admitted that he raced John West too hard, uh, but it cut John West's tire, sent him around. He crashed and John West kind of sucker punched uh, Spencer on pit road, got him from behind and had to be separated by GMS officials and now we've seen the third iteration, the most, I don't want to say the most violent iteration because it was still very much a middle school slap fight. But you know what? That was awesome. Yeah, I, I like rivalries in the sport. I'm a short tracker. I grew up going to places like Mobile and Pensacola where you saw stuff like this erupt every now and then. Uh-huh. Um, the sport, as you know, I'm just being honest, it, it's gotten more and more politically correct over the past decade. And even if it's not like a throwdown drag out like you think of in 1979, that was still pretty awesome. And it's a reminder to me, honestly, uh, just how much this matters. To, to two guys that aren't, aren't even necessarily in championship contention, but they're racing for 15th. To them, that matters so much to the point where they were willing to at least try to go out there and fight. And, you know, credit to John West Townley. That was a textbook WWE DDT onto the pavement. And so, you know, two points for that. Matt, if uh, race fans here in West New York want to check out your work, where's the best place they can go to find, find uh, your uh, work covering uh, motorsports? 
Well, I would say my two uh, social media links, uh, Matt Weaver SBN on Twitter. And if you just want to find just the stories, uh, I've got a Facebook fan page, Matt Weaver Motorsports. And that way you can kind of avoid the clutter and opinions of Twitter. I, I think those are the two best ways. Well, very good. As a uh, fellow short track announcer, it's great to catch up with you uh, here to talk, uh, not just seeing you on, on Twitter and stuff. Thank you for the time this morning. Enjoy the race from Sonoma today, and we'll talk again soon. Likewise, Dave. Let's do this again soon. All right, very good. Matt Weaver, again, from uh, Racer Mag and Auto Week, and you can follow him on Twitter at Matt Weaver SBN on Twitter. He said that's the best place you can find his work as he covers uh, motorsports of all kind. He was announcing uh, some late model racing yesterday down in the southeast where he's based out of. We come back. Speaking of short track racing, we'll do our weekly trip around the local tracks here in western New York and southern Ontario. Hit the local racing roundup. We can squeeze in a few more phone calls, too, at 803-0551-888-552-550. When we wrap up Fast Track next here on WGR. Hey, race fans, it's Dave Buchanan from my friends at Batavia Downs. Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier, area's premier entertainment destination with their newly renovated entrance and gaming floor. you got to check it out. The place looks phenomenal. And while you're there at Batavia Downs, you can check out all the great games they have, including the movie and TV-themed games like Wheel of Fortune and Sex in the City and... Uh, uh, Michael Jackson is easy top. They got tons of cool games at Batavia Downs. And while you're there, stop by and check out 34 Rush, which is Thurman Thomas's sports bar right inside Batavia Downs. Check out all of Thurman's memorabilia from his playing days, his Hall of Fame jacket, his jersey from when he played here in Buffalo. Uh, and of course, grab yourself a bite to eat. They got a delicious menu of food there inside 34 Rush. Check out all the TVs. Uh, the place is just stacked. It's a great way to spend it in a, a hot afternoon like this. Go spend it inside in some air conditioning. Uh, you can watch. All, I'm sure they've got racing on all the HD TVs, and hopefully they got the big 15-foot projection screen out there as well, too. Hope you can check it out at 34 Rush. Also, check out Fortune's Italian Restaurant uh, for some delicious pasta dishes they have, too, right there at 34 Rush. TV Downs Gaming is located... On right in Batavia, off of exit through 48, and uh, they're open daily from 8 a.m. till 4 a.m. Be sure to follow Batavia Downs Gaming on Facebook and Twitter for up-to-date info, info on all promotions and discover why Batavia Downs Gaming is the area's premier entertainment destination and tell them you heard about them right here on Fast Track. Let's find out who visited Victory Lane this weekend. It's time for the local racing roundup on WGR's Fast Track. And we'll start with the Friday night action at the Ransomville Speedway. Chad Brockman got his first win of the season in the 358 Modifieds after getting around Ryan Susie, who broke while leading, and he also to get around Phil Vigneri, who also broke while leading that feature race on Friday night. Uh, Matt Farnham's second win of the season in the Sportsman. Jaron Israel in the Street Stock. Steve Matson in the Four Cylinders. And Anthony Moscato got his second win of the year in the uh, in in the uh, novice sportsman there at the Big R on Friday night. Freedom Motorsports Park on Friday. Damian Bidwell in the Rush Late Models. Brad Rouse in the Sportsman. Al Brewer in the Street Stocks. And Brad Shepard getting the win in the Mini Stocks. This weekend, uh, Freedom is running on Saturday night, July 2nd, not Friday, July 1st. They're going to have the uh, Race of Champions Dirt Sportsman Series in action this Saturday night at Freedom Motorsports Park down in Delavan. Lancaster National Dragway on Friday night. It was Jim Miller Jr. in top eight, Paul Kochi in top, Reed Ricketson beating his twin brother Ryan in Mod ET, Mike Peters in Sleds and Bikes, and Tim Markle getting the win in Street ET. Stock car action last night at Lancaster. Getting the win in the Sportsman, it was Tommy Catalano. Dave Wilson won the Jeff Brown Senior Memorial Street Stock Race. The New York Superstocks made their first visit of the year to Lancaster, their only visit. Jim Steffenhagen got the win there. 
and Bobby Woke, the president of the Four Score Fan Club, getting the win in the four cylinders. Big thank you to my buddy Rick Mooney for filling in for me last night at Lancaster. Merrittville Speedway last night. Uh, Tyler McPherson in a borrowed ride. Uh, he had some car problems this weekend. He borrowed a ride from Mike Bowman, and he beat the field with it in the 358 Modifieds over Gary Lindbergh and Chad Brockman. Pete Reed getting the win in the Hoosier Stocks, and Matt Tanner winning over Ryan Turner and Jordan Poyer in the ESS Sprints. Genesee Speedway from last night. It was uh, TJ Newton getting the win in the Sportsman. Dave Dubois in the Crate Late Models and in the 360 Late Models. Two wins for Dave there. Byron DeWitt in the Street Stocks. Dante, Dante Mancuso in the Mini Stocks. And Marcus Jackson getting the win in the Bandits. Holland International Speedway last night in the Chargers. The win went to Zach Myers. Jody Bound in the Canadian Outlaw Midgets. First ever visit for the series to Holland last night. Ben Russo in the Hornets. Dave Wallaber, another win in the night, but TQ Midgets. Carl Villardo IV getting the win in the Legends. James Steins in the Figure Eights. And Dale Lombardo in the uh, Rookie Fours. Um, and I, I, caught, I think I got every. Oh, no, forgot State Line Speedway. Uh, Patriot Sprints were at State Line last night. Dane Knight, I got the win over Jared Zimbardi and Joe Trenka. Uh, Daryl Bassard in the Super Late Models. Damian Bidwell, second win of the weekend in the Rush Crate Late Models. Troy Carr in the E-Mods. Jeremy Williams in the Pro Mods. Bill Rees in the Street Stocks. Dan Becero Jr. in the Super Sportsman. And Pete Volpe in the Super Challengers. That is eight divisions of racing in one show. That is a lot of racing. Uh, of course, 4th of July weekend. Huge racing weekend around the country, including here in the area. Uh, actually, you can start your racing action tonight, of course. Head to the Humberstone Speedway. They've got the uh, Crate Sprint Car Division from the Ashwikan Speedway running with them tonight. So they'll have sprint cars plus their five weekly divisions at Humberstone. Thursday night, you've got Lancaster National Speedway with a special Thursday night show, the Race of Champions Modified Series uh, 60 Lapper, the Bill Colton Memorial Old Boy Cup. Plus, they'll have uh, Street Stocks, TQs, and Four Cylinders. And for those of you that listen to this show outside of the Buffalo area, you can actually watch that race online uh, via pay-per-view at speed51.com. Now, there is a blackout of 150-mile radius uh, for that pay-per-view. So if you live in the Buffalo area, you won't be able to watch it online, but you should come to Lancaster and watch it in person. It's way better. But if you are listening outside of our close general area or if you have friends and family that want to maybe watch the action online, you can watch it, again, for $19.99 on speed51.com. Uh, special Friday night action. The Little Valley Speedway is in action this Friday night at the Cattaraugus County Fairgrounds. They've got the super late models and the Patriot Sprint Cars uh, at Freedom. Also, uh, all the regular Friday night tracks will be open, including uh, Friday night. Uh, Ransomville's got fireworks, part of the uh, Canada Day set celebration at the Big R, and uh, all the tracks uh, with some big holiday shows coming up this 4th of July weekend. Hope you have a great one. Of course, NASCAR will be in Daytona, of course, for the Firecracker 400. We'll talk about that, as it'll be on Saturday night as well, too. Hope you join us next Sunday. Same bat time, same bat channel. We'll talk to you then here on WGR. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion.